Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. We're going to continue in a time of worship through music, um, and it is going to be an extended time of worship this morning. And I just wanted to let you guys know that this is a comfortable space for you. It can be, and so we would like for you to worship any way you see fit. If you'd like to stand, if you'd like to sit, if you'd like to kneel, if you'd like to come up front, it is open and available to you. And we just want this time to be a time for you to rest and find peace here. Um, whatever you brought in today, we just want to lay it at the feet of Jesus because a good reminder is that um, some people may fail us and some material things may fail us and life might fail us, but he never does. So let's sing together and worship together and find rest in him this morning. Yeah. 
sing about the goodness of God because I haven't felt the goodness of God so I want to read this and maybe we can just sing that a little bit more but sometimes you have to declare the goodness of God before you see the goodness of God and there's power in still declaring the goodness of God when you don't feel it there's a story in Acts chapter 16 about Paul and Silas. They've been thrown into into prison unjustly, basically for healing someone. And this is what the Bible says as they declare the goodness of God. And I just want you to see the power in declaring it before you see it. Verse 16 says, once we were going to the place of prayer, well, let me skip down, that's the beginning of the story. It says about midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up when he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners, prisoners had escaped. He thought he had missed out on his job. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. My point of telling that story is that Paul and Silas were in a prison for doing the right thing. Doesn't seem like God is good there, does it? But because they were willing to praise God even when they couldn't feel his goodness, they began to see his goodness. And so this morning, maybe for those of you who can't feel the goodness of God, maybe as we sing this again, maybe you can still declare it, believing that he's still good even when you can't see it, being grateful even when you can't tell that he's good because y'all, we have a good God and we can rightly declare even before he acts that he is good all our life he's been faithful whether you've seen it or not let's sing about the goodness of god and just see what happens watch his goodness follow come on 
God, we declare that you are good, that that is who you are. It is not an emotion that we feel. It is not up for debate, but you are good. God, I, uh, I pray for the people that haven't felt that in a while. God, would you just remind them this morning of, of who you are, Lord, of how you've been working in their life. God, of how you're worthy of, of our worship and we do not put our faith in the actions we see from you. We put our faith in who you are and we know that you're good. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Last week, we started a series we're calling a Dialogue, talking about some of our most important conversations. And so last week, I started out by talking about the conversation we have with ourselves. Some of you are like, I don't talk to myself. You know you talk to yourself. But we were really talking more along the lines of like the thoughts that come into your mind, the, the lies that you believe, the negativity that you tend to kind of lean towards when something happens. This week, we're going to talk about worship and we talk about prayer next week. Um, but like last week, I mentioned that I want to, I want to memorize, I want us to memorize the key verses for this series. There's actually a card in your seat uh, that you can take, take it, take it with you, put it somewhere where you'll see it, where you can repeat this over and over again. And what we did last week and what I want to continue to do is I want us to read these verses out loud. Um, I just think there's, there's power in that. There's power to, to memorize. There's power in saying it out loud. Um, what kind of made me think about this was Thursday nights to Celebrate Recovery. We say the principles out loud and we repeat them together. And I just think there's power in that. So we're going to read these verses again this morning. This week, y'all are actually going to follow my lead when we read these verses together. Last week, y'all went all willy-nilly on me. We couldn't stay, stay together. This week, we're going to stay together, okay? Deal? All right. You know what I, you know what I did think about, though? Sorry, random thought, just to, I don't know why I'm looking at you, but random thought. I did think, maybe it wasn't y'all's fault. Maybe I read weird. So, we'll see. We'll see if I read weird. Y'all ready? Philippians 4, 4 through 7. And here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, y'all... At times we had an echo, but it's cool. Y'all did awesome. Verse four of Philippians four tells us that we should rejoice in the Lord, that we should rejoice in the Lord, that we should worship the Lord. And I think there's this idea of, of worship is, is often misunderstood. Even if you've been in church for a long time, sometimes I think that even messes you up more when it comes to worship. Or even if you've been a believer for a long time, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what worship really is. We call this that we're doing right now worship, right? And I think some people will think if I'm worshiping, then it's just a Sunday morning thing. 
Or maybe uh, for some of you, worship is like a genre of music. Like I'm search on Spotify, worship playlist. There, that's, that's worship. Depending on your background, maybe you even think that some sort of ritual you go through is, is worship. Um, but worship isn't those things. Worship means a whole lot more. If we worship something, we give it our deepest affections and our highest praise. Now, just a side note, we are all worshiping something. Even if you're not a believer in God, if you call yourself an atheist, whatever it is, you are still worshiping something. You are still putting something first in your life. If it's not God, it's, it's something, it's someone, it's a relationship, it's trying to look a certain part. You're worshiping something. But worship towards God is honoring Him above anyone and anything else. True worship to God is living with an awareness of His awesome just living with an awareness that I'm going to put him first and I realize how awesome and amazing he is and my life flows from it. Worship isn't a song we sing, it's a life we we lead. Psalm 100 speaks of worship and it says, verse 1 says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Y'all could have shouted right there, it'd been awesome. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. So why do we worship God? We worship God because of who He is. Because of who He is. And I I know sometimes when you hear me say that worship is living our life, with an awareness of the awesomeness of God, I know sometimes in life it can be hard to keep that front and center because we got problems. I got problems. Y'all, got pro- y'all don't have no problems. We got problems, don't we? We've got problems. We've got responsibilities. We've got things that pop up. And so sometimes it can be really hard, no matter, no matter how much of a Jesus lover you are, it can be hard sometimes to live your life with a constant awareness of the awesomeness of God. It just happens. It's almost like that other stuff, the busyness, the taking care of family, the responsibility can kind of blur who God is as you live your life. So this morning, I want to just remind you of who God is. This is what some of what the Bible says that God is. The Bible says that God is our rock, that he is a firm foundation worth building our life upon, worth putting our hope in. It says that he's the constant one. He's never changing. Things around you may change, situations around you may change, but God never changes. The Bible calls him the faithful one, that he is faithful, that even when you and I, when we're unfaithful, he is faithful. He never cannot be faithful. The Bible says that he is righteous, that perfection is who he is, that there is nothing wrong, there is nothing unholy about him. He is full of righteousness. He embodies righteousness itself. It calls him the just one, that God is full of grace. He's also full of truth. The Bible says that he is a a present one, that he is present in times of trouble, that even when you check out on him, he never checks out on you, and he can be everywhere all at once at the same time. He is present. The Bible says that he is the everlasting one, that from generations to generations, there's one thing that remains, and that's God before the world was. God was. After it's over, God is. It will be for eternity with you. He is the everlasting one. The Bible says that God is the mighty one. 
See, if God was just good, but he didn't have the power to change anything, it wouldn't mean a whole lot. But he's not just good, but he's mighty. He has power. He has strength to act on your behalf. The Bible says that he is the creator, that he created the heavens and the earth, that he created you, that he created me. The Bible says that he's our redeemer. That through a relationship with Jesus, we have eternity with him because he's willing to redeem us even in our filth and even in our mess. He is our redeemer. The Bible says that he's the shepherd, that he's a good shepherd, that he takes care of his sheep, that he provides for his sheep, that he protects his sheep. It says that he leads us to good places. The Bible says that God is our provider that he will meet your needs and just when you think you're too low on, your, on what you have, he will meet your needs. He is our protector. Child of God, believer in Jesus, let no one mess with you. Let the enemy keep his hands off of you because you have your protector in your God. He is our gracious king. He is light and salvation. He's our forgiving father. He's our victor. He's merciful. He's truth. He's love. He's king of kings, Lord of lords. And to top it all off, in Exodus 3, when he's calling Moses to lead the people to the promised land, Moses says, who should I tell them sent me? And God says, I don't have any more words. Just tell them the I I am sent you. In other words, tell them anything I need to be, anything good I need to be, I can be for you and these people. The I am is all that. That is who we worship. That is the only one who deserves our worship. And I love that verse three says that we are his. And culture is probably not a a popular thing, right? Don't nobody own me. But can you imagine the freedom in knowing that that you're God's? That you're not solely responsible for you or your life. Because if if something is mine, then I take care of it, right? I have a truck that I really like. May not be much to anybody else, but it's a lot to me. And so what do I do? That truck is my possession. I take care of it, right? So I wash it, sometimes more often than others. And I'm a picky parker. Anybody else a picky parker? You know what I'm talking about? Picky parker? Like, I don't just park anywhere. I will walk if it means I have to save my truck from some fool opening his door up against my truck because he doesn't care about his vehicle, but he cares. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'll find the parking places that have a curb and I'll get all the way over as close as I can to give room for the door. I'm a picky parker. Why? Because I own that truck. I bought that truck. I care about that truck. And I take care of it. God takes so much more careful, so much more care of his possession of you than I do in my truck. He is perfectly capable of knowing everything about you, knowing everything about everybody sitting in this room and caring about the little minute details of your life. We worship God. For who he is because he's, he's our creator and he cares about us. Psalm 100 goes on or starts out, says, shout with joy to the Lord. You see, while worship isn't just song, it is something we do with our lives. There's something powerful, like those verses I read earlier, there's something powerful about professing your worship and letting it go out 
loud. Today, we worship God and we're grateful for who God is. God, we thank you that you are our protector, you are our king, and you are our Lord, that you are our creator, that you are our redeemer, that you are mighty and strong. Today, we worship you, God, because we're grateful of who you are. sing these songs as I often do every song must stand and you never do so I throw my hands praise you again and again cause all that I have is a heartless Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know it's not much, not nothing else fit for a king except for his heart singing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. got one response I've got just one move with my arms stretched wide I will worship you so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again all that I have is this hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, not nothing else fit for a king, except for his heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song You've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul, oh don't you get shy on me, lift up your song 
You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on! Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you dare shy on me. Lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and Oh, 
Psalm 100 goes on to say, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Give it, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We worship God because of who he is and because of what he's done. He is good. Can I remind you of just some of the things he's done? Scripture says that he's created the world. He's created you. He's created me. It says that he used a hundred-year-old man and woman to start a nation. Do y'all remember that story? Abraham and Sarah had a promise that God's people, his nation, would be birthed from them. God delivered on that promise when they were about a hundred years old. He's, he's good. God has spoken through burning bushes. Story Exodus 3 that I referenced a minute ago. God speaks to Moses through a bush that's on fire but not burning up. God parts waters. Moses would lead those Israelites that Abraham and Sarah started. They were enslaved in Egypt. He would lead them out of slavery and they would get to a place where there was an Egyptian army behind them and a sea in front of them. And God said, no problem, I got this. So he parted the sea. God's provided for his people in extreme ways. He's produced water from rocks. He supplied manna to his people. He's used birds to feed people. He's freed people. He freed those Israelites from slavery, or the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. He shut the mouths of lions. Remember that story from a few weeks ago? Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Starving lions didn't touch him because God was protecting him. God has kept people from burning up that were thrown into fires. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into a, a fire. They come out without even the smell of smoke on them. God is good. He's used a couple of fish and some loaves to feed a multitude. He's calmed storms. He's healed the sick. He's made the mute talk. He's made the deaf hear. He's made the blind see. He's made the crippled walk. He's died for the world. He's risen from a tomb and he has conquered death. He is worthy. He is worthy of our worship because of who he is and because of what he's done. Have you ever thought about his goodness in your life? The time when you didn't know if you were going to make it. The time where you didn't want to make it. The time when you didn't see a way out. You didn't see a way through. But if you think back, can you see his goodness? How he worked behind the scenes in ways that you never anticipated. How he worked to grow you and to change you and to bless you. How maybe he didn't do what you wanted. 
but he did something beyond what you could ever comprehend. And maybe, maybe you have to squint to see it. But can you see his goodness in your life? You're still here. He's been good to you. And his love, y'all, his, his love, it's, it's unfathomable. It's, it's unimaginable. And the writers of the original scripture, they do their best to try to explain what his love is. The translators tried to do their best, but there are no words for his love. His, his love is gentle. There's, his love is real. It's patient, it's kind, it's resilient, it endures, it never wavers, it never slacks off, it never runs out, it can't be turned off, it can't be stopped, it's special, it's unique, it's overwhelming, and y'all, he keeps his promises. He loves you, he keeps his promise, his promise to provide for you, his promise to sustain you, his, his, his promise to protect you, his promise of a relationship through Jesus, his promise for eternity with him, God keeps his promises and he's worthy. He's worthy of our adoration, our praise, our song, our sacrifice. He's worthy of our lives. We have so many reasons to rejoice. God is worthy because of who he is and he's worthy of our worship because of what He's done. He's not just good, but he displays it over and over and over and over and over. How many overs can I get to? He's worthy of our worship because of what he's done. See, on the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me, my Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from His side, no greater sacrifice. Come on, let's sing this. What He's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. And I praise God for what He's done. Sing for the freedom.
on a throne of majesty the father's will complete he reigns in victory every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you a chance this morning to respond to Jesus. Jesus, his love has been so tender towards you. For some of you, you've never accepted him. You've never made him the Lord, the boss of your life, and he's been after you this entire time. He hasn't been forceful, but he's just been waiting to forgive you. See, we all have a sin problem where we miss the mark of God's perfection. Perfection would be the requirement to stand in the presence of God, but Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life so that by receiving him, we all of a sudden receive his perfection so that we have community with God. This morning, if you don't have that, you can say this prayer. This, it's not even about a prayer. It's not a magical prayer. It's just a confession. The Bible says that if we believe and confess, that we will be saved. So this is just a confession of a belief. If you need to accept Christ, just say, Jesus, will you forgive me? I've missed the mark. I ask you to come into my life. Through my relationship with you, I receive eternal life. Be the boss of my life. Be the Lord of my life. My life is no longer my own. Jesus' name. I want to pray for the rest of us, especially for those of you who are waiting to see the goodness of God in, in the certain area of your life. My encouragement would be to you to continue to praise Him even when you don't feel it. 
but I just want to pray a prayer over you that you would feel it, that you would see it. God, I pray over every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, that we would see you fresh, that we would feel your presence fresh, that we would dedicate our lives and worship in a new way. You are the only one worthy. God, for the people who are waiting to see your goodness, God, would you show it to them, Lord, as they lift you up, as they exalt you. Would you show your goodness to them? God, this morning we do. We exalt you in this place. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. God, help for us to be able to keep our eyes on that, to see your goodness as we live life, as life gets busy. Lord, we want to exalt you with our lives. We lift you up in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing one last thing together. As Jonathan just said, we just live to exalt the name of Jesus. So let's stand and just sing this one last and declare this over our lives. Let us live a life of worship.